You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. The New York City shoreline as we know it today is a far cry from where Marlon Brando worked. In the 1954 film On the Waterfront, Brando plays Terry Malloy, a longshoreman caught up in the politics of the mafia-controlled coastline. We got the fattest piers and the fattest harbor in the world. Everything moves in and out, we take our cut. While longshoremen once lined the waterfront, moving cargo off ships box by box, the modern Brooklyn Harbor front is a place where you can sit in the shadow of an art sculpture or eat key lime pie off a stick. That's because in the past century, globalization, technological advances, and the rising price of land in New York City have meant fewer and fewer traditional industrial jobs are available. So people like Mayor de Blasio envision shifting traditional jobs on the waterfront to new growing fields. It's in film and TV, in garment manufacturing, in advanced manufacturing. This area right now is so obviously underutilized is going to be a whole new part of our economy in New York City. However, one vestige of the working waterfront that will continue to last, the old warehouse buildings. So I want to just uh, need a couple hands here to grab some corners so we can all take a look at this map. Andrew Gustafson is an expert on one of these relics, the Brooklyn Army Terminal. He's contracted by the city to give tours of the building. He starts by unfolding a giant map of New York Harbor. One of the things you notice, if you look at the shoreline of Brooklyn, and you look at the west side of Manhattan, and you look over here in New Jersey, you see this very jagged shoreline. You see all these piers. That's because historically, these were the areas of um, concentration of commercial shipping in New York Harbor. What you're seeing on this map today is basically the vestiges of where these ships used to come in. Historically, Brooklyn was known as the walled city. It was called that because when you approach it from the water, you saw nothing but an unbroken wall of warehouses and factories. Um, it was completely industrialized from Bay Ridge to Greenpoint. There was no parks. There was no public access. Um, this is a totally working waterfront. Um, that's obviously changed a lot today. He motions around him at the terminal, a blocky cement fortress on the water near Sunset Park. While the exterior is pretty much the same that it was in 1919, Andrew says that inside, it's had many lives. So we need to go back to the history of World War I. So World War I starts in July of 1914, but the U.S. doesn't enter the war until April of 1917, 100 years ago. And so when we enter the war, the U.S. needs to begin an enormous mobilization and do something that the U.S. has never done before. We need to get an army of about two million men and the supplies to support them across the Atlantic Ocean. So the federal government begins a rush job of building the army terminal. But it's not finished until 1919 after the war ends. However, in World War II, it becomes the regional nerve center for mobilizing 3.2 million troops and supplies. Soldiers fly through the terminal on their way to war like candy on a conveyor belt. The armed guard center, you stay there until you get a ship. I think I stayed there a week. John Custodio was one of those soldiers. It's a tremendous big hut. And if you could look down and there, you see 40 tables this way, another 40 here, and everybody 
sleeps in that same building, and they eat in the same building. He's from Lowell, Massachusetts, and was born... Uh, July 3rd, 1921. I'm an old man. He served in World War II and lives in Sunset Park. He was interviewed about his time in the war for an oral history project by the Brooklyn Historical Society. Yeah, I made five trips across. And somebody said, well, do you see any action? And I tell them, you cannot go in, in the Atlantic Ocean or the Mediterranean without seeing action. After being discharged in 1946, he settled in Brooklyn, had a family. He continued to meet with other veterans. They even put up a memorial to the unit he served with in Sunset Park. My um, God unit used to meet up in um, King's Plaza Diner once a month. The King's Plaza Diner now is torn down now. Uh, I don't think there's any, any armed God people around anymore. I'm the oldest one, I guess. Of all the soldiers who passed through the Army terminal, only one has his picture up on the wall today. Elvis Presley, Private Elvis Presley of the United States Army, is uh, due to embark for Germany today. Elvis was drafted in 1958. He gave a press conference on the pier and then had to board the ship several times to make sure the photographers got their shot. He was quite charming. Quite a few. (laughs) Elvis, what's your idea of the ideal girl? Female, sir. (laughs) So this is what we all came to see, right? Um, Let me explain to you what you're looking at. Uh, This is the atrium. Just beyond Elvis's photo is an impressive open-air courtyard designed by Cass Gilbert, known for the Woolworth Building and the U.S. Supreme Court. The room was once all encased in glass, and there are little balconies visible from each floor that look like steps for giants. Trains could run right into the atrium and unload their freight. Then an electric crane would use a cable to pick up the cargo. So they could position that cable over the item they wanted to pick up, lower it down, attach the cable, and then pick it up and drop it off into these balconies. So these balconies are offset like this, so you can reach every level and every sector of the building with an overhead crane. But things changed after the war. The cranes are rusty now. New York City and Brooklyn's main advantages as a center of shipping is we have a huge inventory of warehouse space and we have a huge labor force. With the advent of crane technology and the shipping container in the 1950s, one crane operator could suddenly move way more than a longshoreman, like Brando's Terry Malloy could, on his own. The local waterfront industry slowly declines, and the Brooklyn Army Terminal closes in 1966 and lies vacant. But its story isn't close to over. In 1981, the city purchased the building and began millions of dollars in renovations. The idea was to create office space for hundreds of small businesses, with an emphasis on tech and light manufacturing. The first tenant to move in here was a company called Momo Dressing, um, and they make Japanese-style dips, marinades, uh, and salad dressing. There's also a chocolatier, a spring maker, and a biotech center that the city hopes will expand. And they've even found a use for the last remaining pier, a new ferry stop that opened this spring. 
Also in the middle of the atrium, a giant Statue of Liberty sitting on top of a tank. In a world of endless apocalyptic realities. In the fall of 2016, Artist Collective Creative Time was drawn to the terminal building, and they turned it into a political haunted house as an immersive art experience. Creative Time and artist Pedro Reyes invite you to experience the haunted house that already exists in our minds. No child will be left behind. Art projects, artisan food businesses, this all sounds very exciting, a new use for this old space. But one person here today to see the terminal that's thinking about the bigger picture is Jens Toft, a tourist from Denmark. Uh, in Copenhagen, in Denmark, this, this process is going on and has been going on for about 15, 20 years. He's visiting New York for the first time with his family. He's very taken with Brooklyn and its gentrification. The changes at the Brooklyn Army Terminal remind him of what he's seen at home. He himself works in a converted chocolate factory from 1905. And a lot of the uh, industrial complexes and, and harbor buildings are, are being uh, refurbished and, and, and transformed into uh, small industries, offices and, uh, and apartments. He says, too, that these areas are now trendy and that it feels like one culture has taken over. And that's why he wants to know the story of the Brooklyn Army Terminal, because it's a shift happening all over the world. The city hopes the Army Terminal will play a new role in New York City industry by making laptops more ubiquitous on the waterfront than cranes. But how that will affect the surrounding neighborhoods in this time when Brooklyn is changing too quickly to retain its longtime residents remains to be seen.